Hi, everybody. I'm Wendy Nystrom, your host with Environmental Social Justice, and I'm here with my returning guest, Nick Casey. Nick Casey is the founder and president of Nick Casey Footwear. So welcome back, Nick. Yay. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Again, the enthusiasm is overwhelming. <laughs> but no, we, this is actually important. So gender fluid clothing, which is what you specialize in, that is very important, and you enlightened me as to why that is important. So, would you tell everybody in a simple way possible why you made up, why you came up with this brand? Yeah. So, I mean, it, creating the first gender equal footwear and accessories company really was born out of my own experience, like just not being able to find shoes that fit both my feet and my identity and expression. Right. So. And this came from a very young age, even before I understood what identity and expression was. I just knew I wanted to wear what my cousin, who's a boy, was wearing. And I didn't understand why my options were, you know, limited to like pink and, you know, purples, like, like things that were just very like historically, traditionally girly. Yeah. And, and for me as a child, I just knew that I was like, but I don't want that. I don't want to look like that or be represented in that way. Yeah. Be pigeonholed into something that I already knew from a very, very young age that I didn't feel comfortable with, you know? And of course my mom, who's like the ultra diva, super fashionable, I mean, just gorgeous, you know? And um, she, I, I was like her little doll. She wanted to... Oh. <laughs> and, you know turn me into her little doll and I and I always think back and I thought man did that suck for her you know she got the kid that was just like no I will not wear that you know and I would put up the biggest tantrums and at that time I didn't know how to express myself as to why you know I didn't want to wear it I just knew I did not want to wear it yeah and that was it and and yeah. And so when I started out creating the shoe brand, I thought to myself, I'm going to create the shoes that I've always wanted, that I could never find because they were never in my size. Because I'm just that I have such average size, you know, feet for people assigned female at birth mm -hmm. that no man's shoe existed in my size because it was just one like half a size shy. Yeah. Uh, they're the smallest size, you know, and um, and I, I remember just feeling like so humiliated and ashamed when I would go to, you know, men's section looking for my shoe and I would find the coolest shoes and they'd be like, you're in the wrong section. Like, go to the women's section or like, what are you doing here? You know, like so many times that I just be like, I just want a pair of shoes. Like, why does it matter? Why does it have to be a section? Yes. And it just be what's your smallest size, <laughs> you know? And then when I when I would like started finding brands that would do kind of androgynous styles and that would come in both men and women's sizes, they would send me like, oh, we have a, we actually have this in the women's size. And I would kind of get excited because I was like, fine, like I don't really feel that way, but if it fits, I'll, I'll, I'll take it, you know. And so I would go over to the women's section, put on supposedly the same design. And for some reason, when I would put it on, I'd look down and I would look down and think, why do I all of a sudden look like I have children's feet? <laughs> like, you know, yeah. I yeah. was a child at the time. Like, 
I was already either like a teenager or even like a college student. Like I just remember finding cool boots and looking down in the women's size and be like, I tried the men's size that was half a size too big. Mm-hmm. And then I put on the women's size and then it looks like all of a sudden I have a child's feet. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. I didn't understand, you know, why that was. And then it wasn't until I started making my own shoes that I was like, oh, it's because traditionally society has pretty much conditioned us to think like men need to have big size feet and look big sized. And women need to look like they have very tiny, petite little feet oh, yes. you know, to be demure because they're not supposed to walk around and make a lot of noise, you know. It's and so, invisible. Yeah, exactly. You know, and so I was I was like, you know, I would be a hypocrite if I only made shoes for myself. I need to break open this entire binary, you know, outlook of shoes because all <laughs> shoes are made either as women's last or men's last, which is the mold of the shoe. Okay. And uh, and I was like, you know, screw this. I'm gonna I'm gonna make my own last that's gender equal and gender neutral, so that when you look at it, you literally look at my my mold and you can't figure out like, is that a man or a woman's? You know. And uh, and that's what I set out to do. And once I started doing that, I was like, well, I would be a hypocrite if I only made masculine of center shoes because that's what I like. But what about all the other people? You know. Yeah. And so I started designing more gender neutral collection so that it could be like, you know, my Giorgio's, for example, it's a pair of black boots where you would look at it and you cannot, you cannot tell, like, is that a man, like men's boot or women's boot? And that's the whole point is that I want to inspire people to think differently because if they can't pinpoint something, then they're going to realize that it doesn't matter. (laughs) Thank you for that. And I like the fact you said um, gender equal. Mm-hmm. because this is about equality. And my personal standpoint, I'm I'm a geologist. I studied geology. I did not want to wear pink. I wanted to be hardcore, tough. You know, I'm equal to the boys. And my first job, environmental consulting, I had to get steel-toed boots. They did not make women's. So I got the smallest men's I could find. And they said, oh, just stuff some socks in the toe. These were safety boots. <laughs> stuff some socks in the toe. Yeah. And that's what I had to do. I had no option. I had to get boots. So it, I mean, it was mandatory. So um, the fact that you're keeping something gender equal, providing something for everyone, that that is great. And I do want to point out um, the reason we're having this conversation that hit me the hardest is when you said John makes so much more money. John's clothing is so well made. John's clothing costs so little. Jane's clothing is so expensive. Jane's clothing is not well made. And Jane makes less than John. That's not okay. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, society and culturally, we've been trained to think, you know, women's clothing are seasonal. They're not, you're not supposed to wear them more like, oh, God forbid you see the same outfit on somebody more than once, you know? And meanwhile, men literally can go to every formal event with the same suit and change like a shirt or a tie. Yeah. You know? That's all they have. Yeah. Which I feel bad for them. They, they do need a little flair sometimes. They kind sure. of want to speak up. Absolutely. And that's why I think shoes, I've always been such a lover of shoes and accessories because that's where I think the flair is that you get to add on, you know, and shoes are really the one thing on your body that you wear all day that carries the entire weight of your body and you're pounding the crap out of it all day long, walking with your entire weight. And yet, 
so many people don't spend the kind of money on their shoes. That's a good point. Right? Because they want something that just like is hot or yes. like they don't even care about comfort sometimes, you know. I've how many people have complained about their Louboutins, <laughs> you know? I've tried yeah, I have I do have one pair of Louboutin and mm -hmm. I think I've worn them four times because um they hurt. <laughs> <laughs> and that blows my mind because it's like how much did you pay for them? Like, because I'm pretty sure you can buy like, you know, six pairs of my shoes with that. <laughs> well, I did, I, I did get them one. They were a birthday present Two, It was probably God, 15, 20 years ago. It was a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. So right. um, they weren't as much as they are now. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing, I, I guess also like, you know, as a queer brand, you know, people are always talking about like, you know, are you supported? People don't spend money on small businesses and queer brands because when they have money, they spend it on their like dream items, right? Which is usually the big labels that they couldn't afford before. So like even yeah. during the pandemic, I saw people who were always like on the ground, you know, activating like, oh, we got to support small businesses. But then when pandemic money came in, they also people had almost like extra income. They were posting about their, you know, LVs and their Pradas, you yep. know. And yeah, they deserve it. Like, absolutely. I believe they deserve it. Absolutely, you deserve it, you know. You deserve to treat yourself. But it's just funny. It's ironic to me because so many people, when they finally do have money, they're not coming to the small, no-name queer brands that have literally given up their life savings to create this brand that is for, <laughs> you know, representing people and trying to inspire equity you know, thinking that, you know, if, if enough people are buying the same high quality, durable product for the same price point, that it would inspire people to be like, you know what, I've had enough of the inequality in pay, you know? Um, yeah. Well, I, I, just reverting back to um, how men could wear the same thing over and over again, women can't be seen the same thing twice. That wasn't historically true. Historically, women had two or three dresses they had sometimes parts that would come off, like a, a collar would come off, a sleeve would come off, or you could interchange the lace um, on the wrists or a different um, belt or um, cummerbund type thing. So women could switch out pieces, have a bit of a different look, but we didn't have the mass consumerism that we have now, which is killing us with this fast fashion. We need to think backwards and go back to buying good quality, simple things that fit your lifestyle, fit what you want to look like, and it's for everybody and equal and again, gender equal. <laughs> right. And that's the thing too. It's like somewhere along the line, it started out with craftsmanship. It started out with like really the art. Yeah. yeah. The art of like, you know, expressing yourself. And then it became more about big companies making a lot of money and like yeah, making the investors happy. Right. Like, and, um, and I think like we've gotten to the point where like so many people have become pretty jaded, right, by capitalism, and and there, you know there's this huge resurgence of going back to the art of things, right? Yeah. And so I really hope that you know as we realize like with climate change and all of the politics that are going on, that people are gonna start start going back to those roots again. I hope like, so. You know, I me too because. We're kind of like, we're kind of killing our society in that way. 
No, we are. I mean, I remember buying stuff. I'm a child of the 80s, folks. So buying stuff in the 80s, it was a name brand. I won't name brands, but, you know, still around today. And I had a pair of trousers that I bought in the eighth grade that I wore to my freshman year in college. And I spent all my Christmas money on it. And I just remember I had them lengthened as much as possible to the point where I just, I, they were floods and they were dress trousers to the point where I couldn't wear them anymore. Not because they wore out, because I couldn't get them long enough. They were floods. And I think I handed them down to my sister who's a little bit shorter than I am, or maybe even my mom, but they lasted forever. They wore like iron. They were made of wool. They were um, a houndstooth. And nowadays you buy a pair of trousers and just picking and just feeling the fabric. Like this feels like dryer lint sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's not good. And I returned a pair of trousers recently. I bought them online. They were on sale. They were still 350 bucks. I got them. I looked at them. I'm like, this is terrible material. Mm-hmm. And I returned them because I was like, this is not worth it at all. And um, they would have they would have easily worn out in the knees and the backside. And that's where that's the problem. And we're people are now getting used to that. They think that that is OK. Right. And yeah, yeah and it's not. And, and materials like what you use, you actually use quality stuff. Right. You actually tailor it to the foot. You're actually making this tailored to the, you know, to the right. It's not custom folks. You're not going to get it for this good price point, but it's as close to custom as you're going to get. Yeah. Yeah, I always tell people, you know, when they're putting on my shoes, because especially if they're, you know, cisgendered women who are very used to being conditioned, you know, by the shoe industry that like when they put on a pair of shoes, their toes are going to the end and that's where it fits, you know? And so when they wear my shoes and they're like, there's, there's like space, it's too big. I'm like, "Mm, actually, if you look at a pair of shoes, it shouldn't, and like, if it goes this way, your whole foot is not supposed to go to the end, you know? You're absolutely right. Yeah. Right. And so like, you just have to feel like somebody is taking a pair of hands and hugging your foot. And if it feels that way, then then it's comfortable and you can walk on it, you know, and it's giving you the support you need. And uh, and and the rest is really about adjusting. You know, when you look in the mirror, if it looks big to you, is it because you've been conditioned to think that your feet supposed to look really tiny? Yeah. Or should it look proportionate? You know, oh, should yeah. it look proportionate so that it carries the entire weight of your body? And it should be big enough so that you're not leaning forward or backwards, you know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I've done damage to my foot um, from shoes. You know, I've, I've definitely caused some structural bone damage. Mm-hmm. But I've seen women who have completely mutilated their toes yeah. because they've crammed them into these little shoes right. because they were told you can't have anything larger than the size seven. Right. And no, no it's your foot it's your body it's your comfort level to hell with anyone else honestly absolutely and and it's ridiculous like i once i started making shoes i think i became so much more aware so wherever i would go i would just people watch and i would look at everyone's feet and it really dawned on me like you know we we're in a culture in a society that you know is ingrained and i hate to I don't want to, I, I probably sh- I should not be naming names, but like, you know, think of the family that everybody knows with like big boobs, <laughs> butts, you know, like, and like, and then tiny little feet. Right. And, and so like, that is kind of like what we've been ingrained, like as the ideal figure. Right. Yeah. And when I look on the street and I see all of these women 
with their little tiny shoes and high heels and like giant heels. And they're like, it's literally like, it looks top heavy, right? Because they're big busted. Yeah. It's like, if, like how are you even balancing right now? I have no clue. I've bought those shoes and they are collecting dust in my, the day I die, someone's going to get an amazing shoe collection because <laughs> it's all brand new, never worn, cute. And I loved it and I had to have it, mm -hmm. but I can't walk in them. I can't walk five feet. Right. Yeah. And then think about like how horrible, like the one thing that carries the entire weight of your body, you don't take care of yeah. and how that affects your spine and the rest of your body, your hips, your knees, yeah. everything. everything is, you know, misaligned now and then you're gonna have to suffer through all of that agony yeah. later on as you get older you know oh, yeah. it's just like a whole thing for me when once i just started really diving in i was like oh my god why isn't everyone just wearing comfortable shoes you know and so i even set out to design high heels that were very like kind of in that same shape so that it's healthier for your foot, but like how to do it so that you still have like a beautiful, sexy silhouette. Yeah. And I will tell you, like I've spent pre pandemic, I spent like two, three years really diving deep. I had all my feminine of center friends come over and we just talked heels. Um, but a huge barrier was that I could not really find a lot of factories that wanted to work with me because once they heard that I'm working in a 14 size range that spans oh. from like a woman's four to a man, men's 14, they're like, oh, that's like too much for them, you know? Really? Yeah. Shame. Because that would actually be a fantastic market to tap into that is largely overlooked. Exactly. And, but, but it is a lot of, you know, investment in terms of research because how do you get a pair of heels that is going to be completely durable and sturdy for someone who's like five foot in a size six versus somebody who's like 250 pounds and like six foot five, you know, yeah. right? Like, how do you scale that? You know, so it just takes a lot of time and money. Yeah. I mean, for personal observation, because I've, worn heels since I was a god seventh grade I think I got my first mm, pair of wow. heels um lower is sturdier mm -hmm, the, yeah. the sky high stilettos we see or even where um the famous toe cleavage where it's such a low vamp mm -hmm. you walk right out of those I have clearly <laughs> kicked off shoes. I, I went somewhere on a business trip and I was walking up just three steps lost a shoe my coworker looked at me and said I can't take you anywhere <laughs> and I just hobbled over, grabbed my shoe, put it back on my foot. Yeah. But, I mean, we're, we're expected to walk in these things. They're super high. Have Nothing's holding it in. Right, right. There's no strap. Yeah. It's just this tiny little thing. So you're going to just lose that shoe. Right. And that's what we need to stop doing. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, you know, I'm really down for designing something really sexy, but that's going to be like really, really comfortable. So... I'm, you know, I've, I've got some prototypes. I just put a pause on it because of the pandemic, but I will get back to it. Good. I'm looking forward to that. And um, so just so people can find you, Nick Casey Footwear, where can they, online, obviously, but do you have um, like brick and mortar that they could find you or anything like that? Yeah, so sadly, I don't have a brick and mortar because, you know, 
everyone shops online these days. Yeah. yeah. No and, one goes indoors anymore. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you know, and and I don't I don't quite have the same like return policies as like some of the larger corporations that exist. Uh, but I think that most of the time people are very understanding. Um, yeah. If it doesn't fit, like we'll exchange or what whatnot. Um, or a store credit or something like that. But they can shop on nickcasey.com, which is N-I-K-K-A-C-Y.com. It's actually right behind me here. Nice. Um, my social media, Nick Casey Footwear, Equality Fashion Week, which we talked about last time. And Plug it again. People need to yeah. know. People need to know. We're from June 1st uh, for kicking off WeHo Pride and Pride Month at the, the Sunset at Edition uh, on uh, Sunset and Dohini. It's Queer Prom is the fundraising uh, benefit for Equality Fashion Week that I do each year. This is our second year because Equality Fashion Week is the first LGBTQ-focused Fashion Week in L.A. And I hope to take that nationwide one day because there's plenty of, and growing now, plenty of cities <laughs> that really lack the representation and the visibility that you know so many of us in the LGBTQ community need and deserve. Um, and especially now, um, even more and more states are rolling back all of our, our rights and uh, yeah. our care. So I think more than ever, we really need to be visible and help each other. Absolutely. And I do everything possible to, to help with the visibility and the support because it's a very important community that we all need. Mm -hmm. um, but I just have to ask on a personal note, um, you gonna design clothes anytime soon? <laughs> I thought about it, and the reason I hadn't, um, you know, I think I only I did like a T-shirt for the Women's March uh, when. Oh, awesome! Yeah, yeah, because and it was just like a limited amount. I just like wanted to create something because I, I, my motto is about it's called Walk Your Way, and so when it came to the Women's March, I was like, we literally are gonna walk our way and march down for women's rights because it's important obviously, but it's it's about all of us being authentic in the way that we navigate, right, through life. Yeah. Uh, so that was like my only real endeavor because um, I just feel like there's so many clothing companies, like particularly queer owned ones that I support that I don't, you know, I don't want to take away from that, you know? Yeah. No, I understand that. I understand that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just if you want to expand one day. And I'm looking forward to what you do with heels. Trust me, I do. Because I love clothes. Like, I'm very particular in my style. It's a very classic look. And the yeah. way I design my shoes is that same idea. Is like, it, everything is classic. So you can wear it anytime, any season, any day, any event. You know. And, uh, and it's also great because it saves me a lot of time from, like, I'm very busy. I don't yeah. like and a lot of time wondering, like, what am I going to wear? Oh, yeah. If you have a wardrobe of classic designs, you literally can throw any of them together. It's like modular. Yeah. Just like uh, and, yeah. Um, Albert Einstein wore the same thing every day because he's like, I, I don't have enough time to think about what to wear. I'm right. too busy doing other things. Exactly. And had the same outfit every day. Now, mind you, that gets a little dull for most right. people. But if you have interchangeable, as you said, modular, switch yeah. one thing, put something in. Yeah. That's actually the way, again, it used to be that way. Mm -hmm. You could switch out a blouse with your suit or a different right. top with your skirt, pants, whatever. Mm -hmm. It all worked. It all matched. It all coordinated. Yeah. yeah. And we do need to get back to that. Plus, it's better than fast fashion and doing, Yeah. I don't know, how many fashion. I mean, 
some of these houses, some of these fast fashion places will do like, you know, a new um, look every two weeks. Mm-hmm. They'll release new lines every two weeks. And exactly. For a year. It used to just be four. Yeah. That was it. We, we've lost our way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, on that, um, Nick, thank you so much again. I love what you're doing. I love everything you support and that you stand for. So, you know, as you have more releases, come back, talk about it. You know, I, I, I love, love shoes. I love the clothing. And um, check Nick out. Nick Casey, that's N-I-K-K-A-C-Y footwear. So check them out. Excellent quality shoes. You can see a little bit of the shoe behind Nick's head. <laughs> <laughs> Thank I'm you so guy. much for having me. Oh, anytime. Always. I love our conversations. It, I mean, you're so easy to talk to and just sharing the, the love of fashion and design and, and the art of it and how it just, we need the art back. So on that, guys, I'm Wendy Nystrom, your host with Environmental Social Justice. Again, Nick Casey, check out the footwear. Bye. Talk to you later.